Dudes, we're live. No music. Our editor, our, our Lord and Savior, Joe G, is on his honeymoon. Me and Z, I guess, are a little handicapped when it comes to the computer stuff. <laughs> Z is with me. He's been down a little, a little stick out of town, stuff like that. Z-Dog, how we been? Been good, man. Been good. You know, just traveling for work and then got a little sick while I was traveling for work and um, sucked, dude. Had to miss the wedding. I was pissed. Felt terrible. But um, just started feeling better like Sunday, I guess, was the first day I actually like ate something. Other than that, I like I didn't eat for like four days, which probably wasn't good. But I mean, it was just brutal. But we're, we're getting back. We're ready to roll. Right, hopefully our guy makes it out of Mexico with uh, no COVID or no no shit like that. He says he's enjoying it, but we miss him here. Uh, as you can tell, you guys, like I said, getting no music, raw footage, live. Me and Z got to be on the P's and Q's. We're going to lead it off, get right into the heart of it last week. Texas is back. I mean, there's no way around it. 10-point win, 34-24 at Bama. Uh, we can talk Milrow, obviously, the two picks, very costly. Uh, a lot of folks talking about his eyes, you know, one receiver wants to run, stuff like this, breaking down film as fans. Never know how that goes. I think the ultimate question, and like I said, you can break down any part of the game you want, I think the old, or I guess two questions. How for real is Texas? And are we are we putting the end of the dynasty, or what's the what's the final big headline here? This is the first it's early in the season. You know, we saw them lose a couple games last year, and now to start off like this in their first big game. How how are we feeling, Z? Yeah, so this may be a little dragged out take. Um, obviously, there's really a lot to unpack here. Um, first of all, for me, I mean. If you listen to the pod two, three weeks ago, you know, I said Bam was going to, you know, run the table undefeated and win the national championship. They just had to get by Texas early. And my main reasoning for that was defense looks really good. And I still think the defense looks really good. Yeah, they let up 34 points in the game and that doesn't look great. But I was telling my buddy this other day, if you watch the game, just how many short fields Texas had. I mean, that's tough to put on any defense, but. I thought Alabama was flying around on defense. Um, they covered good. I was shot. Kool-Aid McKentry um, got beat deep for a deep ball um, at one point. But um, <clears throat> they're fast. They hit hard. Um, look, the season's not over. Um, if they win the SEC with one loss, it's always not over. But I think when it comes to Milrow, and even Saban came out and said there was a point in time where he contemplated, you know, do we put somebody else in? So I think it's going to get to a point where, it's a real conversation throughout, you know, film and practice and kind of giving guys a little bit more reps just to see. Look, the main thing looking at it as just a football fan and not an Alabama fan was it was a two. It was mainly a two step drop rather than a three step drop. And if that first guy wasn't there, it was how do I get out of here and run? And when you're playing in the SEC and against good teams such as Texas, who's coming to the SEC, you got to kind of go through your progressions and you know, really let the routes develop before you decide to get out of there. And then a lot of times he was trying to just escape up the pocket and um, they were just closing the gap on him and it led to sacks. I mean, I'll tell you one thing with Texas. And the biggest thing that I think Texas answered a lot of questions was, was um, everybody thought, does Texas have the size and the talent to play in the SEC? Them boys are big. Those are SEC type players. Um, sweat on their D lines, 370 pounds. Like they got some dudes um, they've got SEC transfers. Quinn Ewers is a hell of a quarterback. He made a lot of great throws. He made a lot of great decisions. 
it never seemed like the moment was too big for him. He always seemed really calm. And then you had A.D. Mitchell out there doing his thing like he did at Georgia. Um, look, man, they've got a good team. I think the whole Texas is back slogan is dead. And it's honestly just led to bad luck. Like they they pretty much begged Quinn Ewers to say it in his postgame interview. And he just said, we got, you know, we got more games to win. He didn't want to just say they were back. So I give him credit there. Look, they've got a lot of talent. They've got a great quarterback. They've got a great head coach. So the big the Big 12 is an easier conference than SEC. So um, there's a lot more question marks for Bama than there is Texas, I would say. Yeah, and I want to say, and just to throw this out here, I mean, I think Bama is the caught a lot of the headline with losing by 10 points, you know, is the dynasty over, stuff like that. Look, you can take, like you said, you can take nothing away from Texas. Hell of a football game. And every time Bama tried to inch back or really fight back and get a little magic going in in their house, uh, Texas just socked them right back in the mouth and just wouldn't let them back in it, basically. Every, every time they got within, you know, one possession or something, Texas get the ball back and they'd somehow turn it back to two possession. So, like you said, more question marks for Bama. Just a quick look at Texas' schedule the rest of the year. You got Wyoming at Baylor, who got upset first week. You got Kansas at home. You got the Oklahoma game, who, man, I think Texas, with that win, they just look light years closer to being ready for the SEC than Oklahoma. Light years. And I heard that on the pod. It made me realize, like, they really are. I mean, at Oklahoma struggling with SMU uh, last week. So, I, I mean, I think Texas is – not ready to jump in, but with this year, and we'll get to the SEC struggling, you know, two weeks in, I think. Man, Texas is – right now looks like they can compete in the West because, I mean, that's the big dog usually, right, Bama? So, mm-hmm. I think Texas is ready. But back to the schedule, I guess really Oklahoma is the main one. You got at Houston, BYU, uh, Kansas State, at TCU has been a little down, obviously, that we've seen, at Iowa State, and Texas Tech, who also got upset week one. So, Texas, I mean – you didn't have to win that one to win the Big 12 like we talked about, but it sure as hell doesn't hurt. And to play in that hostile environment, and it was rocking night game. And, man, like you harped on the Ewers, he was he was fun. He was fun to watch that ball to Xavier Worthy was – I mean, it was like a movie almost. It was slow motion. He threw it so high and just right in the breadbasket. So, great win for Texas. Um, Got to close out, though, right? Still 10 games. You don't want to slip up somewhere. So, I think Ewers, you know, based off his pressure and stuff like that, and like you said, he kind of just stayed focused and didn't really want to laugh and cut up too much. He knows the job's not even close to finish two games in. Uh, I think he's going to be a poised, good, stay focused and realize, hey, we've got to win all four quarters every week to really do this thing. We can't slip up and lose a game to an unranked Baylor or even a ranked Kansas State, something like that. So I think they're going to stay the course and – didn't punch their ticket for the playoff, but it's, I mean, the ball's in their court. All they got to do is take care of it the rest of the way, and they're in. Um, yep. Like I touched base, and I, we'll roll to the SEC real quick. Um, Tulane, Pratt doesn't play. Uh, Old Miss scoreboard looks a little rougher than it was. I got to catch a lot of that game. Uh, 37-20 at Tulane. Tulane was, a, I wouldn't say in control, but was in the driver's seat a little bit there, and then kind of just couldn't hold it together for four quarters, and Ole Miss gets a late scooping score, I believe it was, kind of busted open. Uh, but then A&M loses to Miami by 15. Tennessee struggles with Austin P. At one point, Arkansas was struggling with Kent State, still didn't really hammer them. And we don't even have to dive into many of those games unless you got something to point out on any of them. But I just want to say 
as an SEC fan, Mississippi State fan, who went to overtime with Arizona as well, not a marquee game or nothing, but the SEC struggled week two. I mean, week two kicked their ass. And we talked about last week, or I, I may have touched on it, you know, Florida lost to Utah. South Carolina got routed kind of by North Carolina. Uh, LSU embarrassed by Florida State. Now Bama loses to Texas. A&M loses to Miami. You can throw Ole Miss in there to get a, you know, the first, I guess, top, it was a top 25, but at the same time, you know, those two lanes are ranked since he doesn't really hold the weight of a ranked power five, in my opinion. If you just include those five that I listed at first, the SEC is over five in the first five big games of the season. So what are we, is this NIL and transfer portal balancing stuff out or what are we, what are we seeing? Z? What do you think it is? Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, the transfer portal, not as much as NIL. Look, the transfer portals changed college football as a whole. Um, you're getting kids who um, were at these big time SEC schools and now they just want to, you know, maybe they just weren't getting a lot of playing time. Maybe there were four star freshmen coming in. They had two, four or five stars in front of them. And, you know, they just want to get <clears throat> on the field and play and get tape and, you know, move on to the next and, you know, try maximize their football lifespan as much as possible. So um, I definitely think the transfer portal has um, really done a lot to kind of even out college football. Look, SEC still, they're still going to have the most talented guys coming out. Um, but these guys that maybe came into smaller programs or even came into these big programs out of high school, they were able to develop for say a year or two under these, in these SEC programs. And now they're transferring out and being stars of, you know, teams that, you know, the schools aren't anything to laugh at. I mean, Utah's a great program. You know, schools like that, Colorado, for instance, killed the transfer portal, multiple SEC transfers in there who just weren't getting a lot of playing time. And now they're starting at Colorado and just doing their thing. So, um, yeah, I definitely think it's the transfer portal. And then I think just to hit on the Ole Miss and Tulane, it was close early, say, in the first half. And I think the only thing that happened with that game is Tulane just got out talented in the second half. Sure. Ole Miss just had more talent on the field. They had more depth, I think, is the biggest thing when you look at a, a Ole Miss versus Tulane. Tulane's a great program, but the depth's not there. Ole Miss is still a team who's going to have, you know, three, four-star kids, you know, that second and third string ready to go. So I think that's kind of what it was in that game. But, yeah, to, to hit on your point, it's definitely the uh, transfer portal, in my opinion. Yeah, so kind of weird uh, seeing the SEC down, seeing Bama lose this early. I, I love it. I'm for it. I think it's – I hate this term, but it's the easiest way to describe it. Good for the sport. Uh, mixing it up a little bit right now. We got Texas and Florida State in that playoff picture, even though it's AP poll in that top four. Um, yeah, and it's just fun to see. It's fun to see it mixed up. Uh, two other ones I want to touch before one more team. Washington State upsets a team that me and Z both were a little higher on than Vegas. Uh, I talked about their over. I think it was eight and a half win, something like that. Wisconsin, uh, just a bad loss. I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, you can dive into it and digest it how you want it's just a, a game you can't lose and I they were on a lot of upset alerts and it was a flaky little game I think the spread was smaller than it looks like on paper you see a you know unranked Washington State a top 20 Wisconsin Braylon Allen star player like that and just a just a bad loss and then the other one luckily got a win out of it but Drake May uh the horse over there UNC double overtime win versus App State Man, the way that game was last year that we all remember, and then even this year, I feel like that's – I mean, if you're UNC, you just got to be happy to get out of there with a win. Like, that's just a hostile game. You know, they felt like they could have won last year. 
just uh just be happy with the W, keep it moving. Yeah, and North Carolina and App State, dude, those games have been great the past. I think that was the third one, and unfortunately, that was the last one they have. I think they just signed like a it was a, a contract agreement to do a little three game series. But those games have been awesome, man. App State rolls in every time, you know, expecting they can go out there and beat them, and it's always good games. Um, a lot of points scored. I mean, this is back-to-back -back OT games, so those games are a lot of fun. Um, I think it's just App State just may have North Carolina's number, not necessarily that they just go out there and beat them, but they can hang with them just because I think they get up for it. I think it's a big game for those guys. You know, um, North Carolina just – they just struggled a little bit. Drake may just struggled a little bit, kind of getting in rhythm and getting going. I watched a good bit of that game because I did um, bet on it, but uh, – yeah, I like that game a lot. And then Wisconsin, dude. Yeah, we were high on them. Um, and then all week it was just like this may be like. Yeah, it kept getting trappy and ratty. Yeah. It, just, it kept getting nasty looking. Yeah, it kept getting stinkier and stinkier as the week went on, dude. And it happened. So those are kind of ones we were like, you could see it happening. But at the, at the same time, it's like, really? But look, Wisconsin's a team is going to pound the rock and play Big Ten football and you know, when you get teams that kind of spread it out on you, like Washington State, it's, you know, um, kind of have that air raid type offense. It's a little different and hard to defend. So, um, but, yeah, that's 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 kind of where I'm at on those two games. And I and the best point you made was, like you said, App State really believes they can beat UNC. And to go back on it, and everyone knows, especially G kind of keeps us uh, focused and makes us realize we're not a gambling pod. But, hey, me and Z link up. We got to talk a little gambling. I think this week's the time to jump back on UNC. Yeah. Got Minnesota at home. It's eight, which is a horrible number. I'll probably buy the point just to push at seven. But I think they're it's that's lower than it should be because of this app state double OT. Minnesota's not who they were. Um who was the nasty game? They had the was it Rutgers maybe to open up. Nasty game. Rutgers not a great football team either. Minnesota's just without uh Ibrahim that was there for six years and uh God, I forget the quarterback's name. That was a six-year also. They're uh, they're in shambles this year without them too. But last uh, week two, week two, and can roll into week three, same team. Hosting uh, game day this week. We got to talk about them. They're the biggest thing in college football right now, whether they're ranked one or now they're cracked the top 20, I believe. Uh, Shadur's at like, what, 950, 900 yards maybe in two games. Dion. Yeah. Is answering the right questions, saying the right speeches. I mean, the guy has like four or five highlight reel speeches per game somehow. He's got his pregame, he's got his postgame, halftime, uh, Thursday, whatever. But I mean, the guy is a, he has a speech and a word for each speech. And every time I see one pop up, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to watch this one. It's four minutes. And next thing you know, I'm three and a half minutes in. I'm like, God, this guy's just, I mean, he's just, he knows he's an entertaining guy. And it just so happens. He's got a hell of a football team. And I, I'm not going to say I wasn't buying it last week, but I did tell myself, okay, they have talent. Uh, TCU team that took, you know, three or four steps backwards, in my opinion, didn't exactly give them all the benefit of the doubt. And then after last week, sure, they're going to win this week against Colorado State. There's no doubt in my mind there. Um, but as far as a national top ten, I don't know if they're there, but I think – they have stat they they'll be a top 25 team the rest of the year, in my opinion. Maybe top 20 the rest of the year. I just don't know if that I'd say this year the teams I got as far as Michigan, Georgia, Florida State, LSU, I throw Notre Dame up there, Washington, USC. 
can list can go probably two Absolutely. or three more. I think they're just a hair below that level, honestly. The talent's there. I just don't know if if they're ready for it as far as top ten. That, I think they would be a team that could fight really hard and maybe get that 12th spot if it was next year. But I just don't think at this term, I don't think they're top ten. But Hammer Colorado, everybody's got an opinion on them. Zeke, give them, give them yours. Yeah, that's definitely what I was going to say. Look, if you listen to us, I'm sure you just listen to sports, podcasts, radio, you know, ESPN – whatever it may be, everybody's talking about Colorado. Um, look, when you got Deion Sanders and you're, you know, going out here and proving everybody wrong, you're going to get a lot of media love. And, and I mean, this is their third national nationally televised game in a row. And then they're probably their first, it, how the schedule lines up their first five games of the season coming from a team who was one and 11 last year, they're going to have the first five games of the year nationally televised. You get Colorado state, which shouldn't be nationally televised. But it's Dion and you're doing game day. And then they go at Oregon and then they get USC at home the next weekend. I mean, these are big time games. They're going to be nationally televised. Everybody's going to be tuning in. And why not? Everybody wants to see what what happens. Everybody wants to see what Travis Hunter does on both sides of the ball. Everybody wants to see what Shadur keeps doing. I mean, Shadur's leading the football in passing yards and hasn't turned the ball over one time. Um, and you got Dion Sanders, who's and I'll tell you one thing, his son, um, Deion Sanders Jr., he runs all the social media. The kid does an unbelievable job. I mean, the stuff that they put on put out on social media, whether that be on Instagram, Twitter, whatever it may be, um, they get people bought in and excited. Look, when you when you see one of these uh, pep talks that Deion's given, whether that be at practice or a pregame in the locker room, I mean, this dude can motivate some kids and he's real about it. And I think the best, I think the biggest thing for Colorado is a lot of time, and, and even being a former athlete myself at that level, um, when these coaches give you pep talks, depend on how everything's going, it's like this guy doesn't know, you know what we're doing or what we're going through. But when you got a guy like Deion Sanders, who, I mean, he's one of the best football players of all time. So you know this guy's lived what he's talking about. And um, I think that gives them a lot of just like internal confidence when it comes to something like that. So, um, look, they're interesting to watch. They're up to 18 in the in the AP poll now. Um they should roll Colorado State. Look, last week was everybody gambling wise was this is the trap of the week. It was Nebraska, you know, plus three. Why is Colorado only minus three? And <clears throat> be honest with you, a lot of people are like the play is Nebraska, just how just how gambling works. But I went I went on Colorado with ninety nine percent of the public, yep. and they went out there and did their thing. Nebraska's yeah. not a good football team. No. When it comes to gambling, yeah, that was probably the right play. Like, if you look at it and you just eat your loss. But I think what people are finally starting to realize is, look, Colorado's good. Like, they've got – it's not a Deion Sanders, you know, reality TV show. I mean, these this team's got a lot of dudes. It's not just Shadur, Deion, uh, Travis Hunter. I mean, they uh, – I think it's Braylon Edwards, the running back. I mean, the dude's unbelievable. They've got Jimmy Horn Jr., hell of a wide receiver. Their wide receiver depth is unbelievable. I mean, and they just fly around on defense. They're they're one of the fastest defensive teams I've seen so far in the first two weeks. So, look, I mean, it's it's going to be hard to sit here right now and say, yeah, they're going to be a top ten team. But, I mean, if it comes to week six and they and they beat Oregon and God forbid, you know, beat USC. I mean, this is a whole. If they if they go five and zero and beat Oregon and USC back to back, I mean, they may be a top five team in the country. No doubt. No doubt. If they win both of those games, I think – which, I mean, 
Look, I get it. They had to jump spots after week one, but I think they jumped like 60 AP spots after they beat TCU or something unbelievable, which is – it's fine. It's the AP poll. At the end of the day, does it really matter that much? Probably not. But like you said, and it's too early. We're not going to do it one week out. Next week I'm excited to dive into it. That matchup on the road at Oregon, after they – you know, they're going to keep trying to beat teams the by the most they can. So I'm, I won't be surprised. I'm not exactly scared of Colorado minus 23 versus Colorado State, who did nothing as far as Colorado. Like, I mean, they cleaned house. Like, they cleaned house from managers to Talboy to quarterback to head coach to everything. So – I'm not scared to lay 23. I'm curious to see what it'll be at Oregon, and I'm curious to see. Like, I won't be shocked if it's competitive. I'll be pretty damn shocked if Colorado wins, Mm -hmm. but I will not be shocked if Bo Nix comes out and they do their deal and they win by 17, honestly, because it's going to be one of the first bigger tests at Oregon um, and kind of see how these guys will respond because that TCU game, sure, they got down and stuff like that, but they kept throwing a punch back, right? They were always in the fight. Everyone – Watching the game, I feel like was hey whoever gets the ball last probably going to win this one. So I don't know. That's going to be a hell of a test. Uh, but if you're Colorado and you're a fan and you're a player, or you're Dion. I mean, I know Dion is a you know why would we go for the three win total or four? Like we're shooting to win every week. That's that's the right answer. That's what you do. But at the same time, these boys. I mean, soak this in. College game day is at a game that last year these guys were two and twenty two combined. It's a, it's absurd, and the stuff he does, he's a entertainment machine. Um, being a Barstool employee or whatever they label Dion as, like, I think the guy, the guy's always gotten media, right? He's prime, like he's he's gotten it before media was even cool. So he's doing unbelievable things at Colorado. I don't want people to think I'm a hater. I just in my head, I still want. I'm, I'm ready to see the Oregon game. Simple as that. Like I'm ready to see the a team that in my mind, is really good. And now a team that I think is pretty damn athletic and good in Colorado, and I want to see them go up. Just because TCU yeah. was very magical. They, you know, they lost a bunch of pieces. Uh, it was the best, in my opinion, probably the best team Colorado could kick off with. Played for a natty last year. Sure, they got embarrassed. You can still say, hey, we played for the a team that played in the National Championship. We beat them at TCU in a dog fight, which takes a lot of heart and character and grit to do it on the road like that. But – Enough with Colorado because, like Z said, if you're listening to this, I know you're a sports fanatic if you've done found us and you've heard all the Colorado you can probably hear. Week three, mention this to you, Z. Kind of a dud. All right, it's still Saturday. It's still Saturday college football. It's beautiful. We're not going to complain too much, but if we're being honest, uh, calling a spade a spade, week three is kind of dud. I don't really know what you could label the biggest game, I guess, with the history of it and stuff like that. Got number 11, Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee, like we said, struggled with Austin P. End up winning by, I don't know, I think it was 20 maybe, 17, something like that. Saw a stat, and correct me on the year if I'm a little wrong. I know it's 50-something. Pretty sure Tennessee's only won twice in like the last 40 to 50 years in the swamp. Peyton won once there. Uh, just not their, not their place. Now, do we do we have to consider what Florida is now? Absolutely. Uh, Tennessee struggling, I think, scare some people last week. Let's not forget they handled business pretty decent against a bad Virginia team week one. This line's at six and a half, Tennessee at Florida. You talk about one that I feel the same way. I don't feel as bad as the Colorado one. I'm like you. I was straight up, hey, I'm hammering Colorado. 
if I'm this wrong, I, I just don't care. Like, I just have to – I'll eat it. They're, they're Colorado so much better than them. This one, I'm, I'm spooked, Z. I'm spooked bad, but I think I'm just going to do it. I'm going to eat I'm gonna eat the cheese like a little rat, and I'm going to take Tennessee and see what happens. I think this should at least be closer to 10 and a half. God, exactly. When it came out, I was like, man, it's going to be 10 on the nose or 10 and a half or maybe nine and a half if Florida – you know, if they're leaning Florida's way or whatever, but – Six and a half, like, like it's one of those I might get tonight. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The swamp at a night game, you know, against Tennessee, I mean, that's it's going to be rocking. I mean, the home field advantage is going to be there. Florida's just not good. And their fans are – like, their fans are crazy. So, like you said, 100,000, it's going to be there. But, like, if they if they come out and get punched in the mouth a little bit, like, these fans are mad. They can't – like, how fast they fired Mullen. Mullen won but couldn't recruit. Napier's recruiting his ass off, can't win as of right now, last two this season and last year. These fans don't you don't live long in Gainesville without winning and recruiting and doing it all at a high level. Cause they're I mean, they're Florida Gators. They they kind of have that. Like they've won some natties. They they've been high contenders. So part of me as a gambler, and if you're a Tennessee fan, um, you gotta hope Tennessee kind of punches them in the mouth and it's never going to go away with it being the swamp at night. Like they're going to be hammered and want to party regardless when or lose. They're going to be active, but you kind of want to suck that home field advantage out early if you can. I agree. I think from a gambling side, like the average, just regular gambler just bets on college football. I mean, you see Tennessee at six and a half. It's like, yes, hammer. And that's where it's like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Should I be on Florida and maybe Tennessee wins by four? You know, like a 24-20, it's just a dogfight type of game. Or 2017, maybe Joe Milton just can't get going at the swamp at night. Look, Joe Milton, you know, he's not Hendon Hooker. You know, this is his first time, you know, being a starting quarterback in the SEC, and he's going in the swamp week three at a night game. Um, So, look, I mean, yeah, he played at Michigan, but he didn't play in many big games. And, you know, big games at SEC are different than big games, you know, in the Big Ten or something like that. So, um, I don't know. That one's – yeah, that one's – It's ratty. It's ratty. It's nasty. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a perfect week three gutty feeling. Um, like you said, when you're a gambler, you know, sometimes you look into it too much. Like you said, it's uh, – you know, why is it six and a half? And then really sometimes it's like that Colorado line last week and it's – Man, why was it at three? That was free. Like that was yeah, exactly. Awesome. I think I'm gonna ride it again. And also Tennessee, I got a good buddy, friend of the pod, uh, Nick McCaleb, Tennessee fan. Told him, man, Tennessee just the last, I guess, 14 or 15 games, they're just my wagon. I just ride with them. I hope I don't fall off. I hope the wagon doesn't crash. But I think I'm gonna stay with them. Two more that uh, well, one of the, uh, we can talk about all of them. South Carolina at Georgia. I think this one's only on some people's big games because last year, maybe when they thought South Carolina would give them a little fight. Man, I don't know what I think of this. I think if Rattler comes out and doesn't do like some elite Spencer Rattler, this is just going to be another game on the on the week three slate. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like South Carolina at the plus twenty eight. Rattler's been balling. I mean, the kicking. I mean, the kid's spinning it. It doesn't look great, you know, coming off how they played against North Carolina, but um, Rattler's doing his thing. It could turn into a shootout. I mean, this is, you know, first SEC game for um, Carson Beck as well. So I think the only way this is like an upset and Georgia loses is if Carson Beck, you know, 
throws four picks or three picks and fumbles and gives South Carolina, you know, good field position. But I mean, 28 is a lot of points. So um, I won't be surprised if it's still like a, you know, 21 point game, 20 point game, but um, I'm going to play the plus 28 and a half. Yeah, yeah, gambling side, I'm with you there. I'm as far as like you said, upset wise, it seems far fetched. But the way this year's going, and the Texas beating Bama and the Florida State coming out and getting a top four spot, how fun would it be just for South Carolina to show us, hey, Georgia's Georgia's beatable to an extent, right? Just be within, you know, be down fourteen going in the fourth, lose by twenty, sure, twenty one, whatever. But I just kind of want to see them, you know, prove they're a little vulnerable. Uh, Man, the only other game I got on week three, I'm running out of time here, me and Zira, having a text. We don't got our editor here. We don't got our guy to extend time. So we're we're going to wrap it up. And honestly, during football season, we had a talk. I think it's better even to keep it short and sweet. You guys are trying to pack in knowledge, I know, listening to 12 pods a week, just like I am. LSU at the dog, Z. It's unbiased. Week three is a dud, like I said. Another first SEC game for some guys. LSU already got punched in the mouth bad by Florida State. If they go into start, will and sleepwalk it or even give it away because State didn't look good by any means last week. But I'm saying if LSU, 11 a.m. also, they, LSU has to win this game. As an unbiased State fan, I'm I'm fine with it. I think, I think the atmosphere will be there. I'll be there, so I'll, I'll make sure I tell every fan in the stadium, hey, wake up. Uh, I'll make my rounds early. But no bullshit. I mean, LSU's got to come into this game, and they, they can't lose this football game. As far as Brian Kelly really wanting to, hey, last year I was for real. It wasn't a fluke. Because that embarrassment from week one is lingering in some LSU minds. I mean, in their mind, it almost felt like their season, like, damn, what a letdown. We've had this game circled since March or April, like whenever you start itching for football. So I think this is a big one for LSU. And if your state, I mean, the insiders, the start will, the people like me, like, Sure, we'd love to compete in this game and even somehow win it in startable. And it's only a 10-point spread, nine-point spread, so it gives you hope. But as far for, you know, I've seen people talk about Arnett, big game for him. I mean, Arnett's won his first two. He got him an overtime win. He's got to compete in this game, but LSU has to win the football game from their standpoint. Yeah, I agree. As an LSU, if you're an LSU fan and, and you know, LSU is a team, you got you to gotta win this game. But as, you know, someone looking – um, from an unbiased position, just outside perspective, I think it's a scary game for LSU. I mean, this is a game you could kind of see me, like you said, 11 a.m. kick, kind of walk out, you know, uh, Mississippi State. You know, they haven't been good. They're unranked. They just went to overtime with uh, Arizona, blah, 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 all that. Um, look, if Mississippi State comes out early and kind of punches you in the mouth and say, hey, maybe it's, you know, 10-3, 14-3 Mississippi State early, then it starts – you start getting that kind of – worry in the LSU players' minds of, hey, are we are we going to win this game? Look, they looked horrible against Florida State. It wasn't like Florida State just went out there and, you know, barely beat them and it was a close dogfight game. I mean, LSU looked terrible. The, the offense looked terrible. They can't tackle. They can't, they can't cover in the secondary. Um, Mississippi State's going to spread you out and Will Rogers is going to sling it. I mean, they've got a, a quarterback who, you know – like, you know, I mean, he's, you know, a veteran quarterback, you know, in college football on the SEC. So I think it's a scary game for LSU. As a program, they have to win. But look, man, I mean, that's a, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. Yeah, and I don't think – I mean, people will say this is biased and I get it, but I don't think any team wants to go to start. There's no reason to. It's a team that's always feels like 
they're disrespected, whether they're ranked 24th or, like you said, unranked. Um, they feel like they have a great home field advantage, which artificial makers or not, it gets loud in there. And like you said, I think they can come in. I've seen them come in, I think it was two or three years ago, or two times ago they played and lost 37-7. LSU was favored by 10. So not the same exact spot. Rankings and stuff like that were a little different. But I think Will threw it 17 times last week, like for 170, a career low in attempts. Watching pressures and stuff like that, I wouldn't be shocked if they come out and they do stuff completely ass backwards and we don't run first. Because all LSU, the stuff I'm seeing is, hey, these guys are running now. It's crazy that they changed their game. You know, they got the lead rush in the SEC right now. This is something we haven't seen. Because these players that are here, they don't know the 2014 Mississippi State, right? These players know the Mike Leach that throw 50 times, and now all they've shown on film is run, run, run. So I'm confident as a state fan. Um, I don't know. They're going to have to – they've got to come out and look better offensively. And I think the reason I'm confident, this state defense with Jet Johnson and Buki at the linebacker, we're going to be in the game for the first half. There's not there's not many teams that are going to come out and make us punt fast enough or turn the ball over fast enough and then run through our defense and be up 20 at half, in my opinion. Uh, hope I didn't jinx it this week. But I think the defense will keep it competitive, like – one score maybe at half either way. But like you said, if we can come out and roll, I think LSU's got to react or bounce back and stay in the fight and not not get thrown out of the ring. So we'll see what happens. Can't wait to get down to Starkville. Uh, I feel like I ain't been to a college football game in years just because it's been since last year. But I'm excited about it. Uh, that's all I got. Z-Dog, who, who does Georgia Tech got? Ole Miss. I'm on with it. I was hoping you'd do it. We got two minutes left. Z, Z, what does let's just say what does Georgia Tech have to do? What's the number nineteen? Yep. What does Georgia? We'll, we'll, we won't make you go on a limb about winning. What does Georgia Tech have to do to win me some coin with plus nineteen? We've got to score with Ole Miss. We've got to be able to throw the ball. We've got to be able to throw the ball inside and outside the numbers, and we've just got to score with them. Look, we're not going to defend them and you know cover it. You know a tight game. You know? sure. I, mean, gonna, I mean, I think it's going to be a high scoring game. The total 63 and a half. Um, look, I mean, I think it's it, Georgia tech. Look, we're not, we're not, don't expect us to go out there and beat them. Okay. Um, we're not there yet, but we've got some guys. Um, we've got some talent. Um, we just got to throw the ball, man. I think that's what it's got to be. It's, it's got to be score with them and spread it out. And, um, get a couple turnovers. I think turnovers are going to be key for us to kind of stay in it early and, you know, uh, see what we can do. 7.30 kick Eastern time down there in Ole Miss, so 6.30 down that way. So it'll be fun. We'll see. I think the only other thing I got before we get out of here is for the gambling people out there. Um, favorite play probably this week. It's a weird line, but um, it's Western Michigan plus 28 and a half against Iowa. Um, I mean, you're asking Iowa to score 28 points, let alone beat somebody by 28 points. So I know they got Cade McNamara now, but they still haven't been able to put up points the first two weeks of the year. Um, yeah, they've never been a high-scoring team. They like to run the ball, play the game slow. So I think 20 and a half, 28 points, I mean, that's way too many points for an Iowa team, um, even though it is Western Michigan. So um, if you like to throw some coin around, you know, there you go. Western Michigan plus 28 and a half. There's the Georgia Tech man himself uh, with a little homerism maybe. Hey, I love the honest answer. I love the play. As I said, North Carolina, don't be scared of the little eight number. Yep. Um, lay that minus eight. There's our two plays. And 
Dudes, we are out. Z-Dog, right. enjoyed it. Yes, sir. Y'all enjoy your Saturday. Tune in.